Welcome to the Living With Less podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea DeMattis, and I'll be bringing you weekly episodes to encourage and invite you along on this journey of living with less of the things getting in the way of our relationship with Christ. Here's today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Living With Less podcast. I can hardly believe that it has been a year since stepping out in obedience and beginning this podcast. And all of you guys know, as I've just prepared you through the month of December, that 2020 is going to look a little different and I'm going to be having more interviews on the show. Um, I felt like God has just led me to finding people who can speak very specifically on certain topics. So to kick off 2020's first interview, I have one of my most favorite authors and speakers joining the show today, Wendy Blight, who is a wife and a mother and has a deep love for women getting in God's word. And Wendy works part-time for Proverbs 31 Ministries as the biblical content coordinator for Proverbs 31's online Bible studies. And this week, we are going to kick off the new year by digging into a much-needed look and just digging into spiritual warfare and how God has equipped us to stand firm in His truths and to stand firm against the enemy. And I felt like Wendy was one of the best people I could have asked to come on and share that. So Wendy, without further ado, welcome to the show and tell us all about you. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. I'm so, I just loved you the minute I met you at She Speaks. So when you contacted me, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) for um, having me. And I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm married to Monty and have been for 32 years, which I can't believe. Two kids, Lauren and Bo. Lauren is 26 and just got married in May and lives in Atlanta. And my son, Bo, is here in Charlotte going to UNCC and plays basketball for Charlotte and um, is a senior this year, red shirt basketball, and is 6'7". Oh, my gosh. Made by God to be a basketball player. <laughs> and he's dating a sweet girl that I do like very, very much. Uh, Monty and I were college sweethearts. My only boyfriend I've ever had because uh, I couldn't date when I was in high school. You too? Did you just say you too? No, I or, said that's oh sweet. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That is so it's, sweet. Yeah. I like used to, and I'm a lawyer by training, but I don't practice anymore. But I went to SMU Law School, Baylor undergrad. And now I am the biblical content specialist for Proverbs 31 online Bible studies. And I love that job. And it's basically just helping us with all the theology mm-hmm. and Bible study that we do. And I also teach Bible study at my church and help with a group called Ember. So as we dig into the meat of this episode, I think first we need to set the stage and just kind of have you share about what spiritual warfare looks like, because for some people, you know, these scriptures about this just seem really foreign or they feel uncomfortable. Like like I had shared with you, you know, I've met women where they're like, I don't want to think about that. That Mm -hmm. scares me. So can you give a breakdown about what it is and where people can read about it in the Bible and just help them better understand what it means. So first of all, I want to say spiritual warfare is very real. I mean, it's talked about very much in the Bible from the very beginning Mm -hmm. in Genesis is where it starts and it goes all the way to Revelation all throughout the Bible. And, but it did begin in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve and Satan. And we need to remember this. It wasn't the serpent. The serpent wasn't a bad 
creature. Satan chose to inhabit the serpent. Mm. So it's why we all hate snakes, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes. um, (laughs) But so Satan inhabited that serpent, had the conversation with Eve, which we could spend a whole mm-hmm. you know, session just on that. That's how sort of this began. But before that, Satan was a good angel up in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And rebelled against God and was then cast down to earth with one third of the other angels. We don't know the timing, all of this, especially what happened mm-hmm. this or that, but we assume that all happened. And then the garden of Eden happened. And then Adam and Eve rebelled against God. They Eve had the conversation. She basically believed what Satan was saying. And because of that, we now have that sin downloaded into every single person after Adam and Eve, every generation of people. So now we have this sin inside of us and um, this battle that we have with Satan. And so it's spiritual warfare. And when we're saved children of God, something amazing happens inside of us. And that's what That's kind of the roots of what we need to make sure as we talk about this. We are no longer subject to Satan because once we become children of God, we learn. I'm just going to tell you some great truths for us to stand on because our sin is forgiven, right? And the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And here here are some truths that we have. Um, When we're children of God and the Holy Spirit lives in us, 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is the one who lives Mm -hmm. in us than the one who lives in the world. And Paul tells us in Romans 8.37 that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who lives in us. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, I think we'll talk more today later on about the armor of God. That's yes. in Ephesians chapter 6. And we'll talk more. But what I wanted to talk about here for a little bit is, so we talk about the pieces of the armor, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate mm-hmm. of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, and the shoes of the gospel of peace. So, But what a lot of people don't know and that I recently learned is if you go back to Isaiah 59, go to verse 16, this is God battling for his people, the Israelites. Mm. And listen to the language here. And it says, he saw, this is, so he saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm worked salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him. And it says, this is God. He put on righteousness as his breastplate, Mm. the helmet of salvation on his head, he put the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak, according to what they have done. So he will repay wrath to his enemies and retribution to his foes, and he will repay the islands their dues. And it goes on. But do you see how cool that is? So when we are mm. learning in Ephesians chapter six, we we putting on the armor of God. It's the very same armor. It's literally that God, the same thing. Literally oh. what God wore. So how could we not have confidence? And then mm-hmm. think about this. Think about David and Goliath, right? Remember David and Goliath? Saul said, here, use my armor. Remember how David said mm. no, because it was too heavy. Yes. But but for us, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, when God says, put on my armor, you would think I could never wear God's armor. Mm. But he says, of course you can, because you are indwelled by my spirit. So when you and I... In, sort of engage with the evil one, and we'll read a little bit about how he works. We don't have to be afraid because look what we're empowered with inside and outside and in our mind and in our yes. hearts and on our chest. I mean, it's just crazy. So when people say, I don't want to talk about this, we should want to talk about it because the reason mm. we don't want to talk about it is because we're afraid of it. Yes. But if we talk about it, then we hear the truth about it. You know, I had just talked about this yesterday, actually, a Bible study. I had walked through a very 
just weird season back in um, September and October. And I had a friend reach out to me, ask you this question. And she's like, I hope I don't offend you. And I was like, oh gosh, okay. And she said, (laughs) when I'm dealing and really struggling with my faith, feeling shaky, I have to ask God, when did I make an agreement with a lie? When did I make agreement to, and I was like, I've never thought of it that way. And so I went back and I started praying like, God, please reveal to me the moment when I started to veer off of your truth. And he took me to it. Holy cannoli. He took me to it and I was able to see it. And so here in these recent weeks, when I have felt like the enemy is trying to come against me with just something even as small as a fleeting thought, I just say out loud, I'm not in agreement with that. He's living within us when God is literally, we are one of his dwelling places. We do have the strength from Christ to combat these things. So there are lots of people who do know God's word and they do go to Bible study and they know what his truths say. And you and I know the importance, obviously, of you know knowing God's word for ourselves and having that deep relationship with who he is. Um, can you give an example of when you were so thankful that you knew God's word for yourself in a season that was hard and it wasn't just you knew his word because of what someone else said to you? Yes. And I love that you said that because we can't stand strong and have the mind of Christ that the Bible talks about if we're not putting the word into our mind mm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. And because it feeds us, it literally begins to change us from the inside out. So for me, a few days after my college graduation, I walked into my apartment mm. to find an armed masked man mm. waiting for me who's sexually assaulting me. I was just 20 and I was so mad and so angry with God and wrestling with him mm. because I grew up Catholic. So I mean, I went to church and I believed in God and I believed in Jesus, but the thing was I had never read the Bible for myself. Mm. And one of my friends from Baylor said to me, I said, you've got to, you know, God so well, and you pray all the time and all that. She go, I go, you tell me what to do. How mm. can I make this better? And she said, Wendy, no one can do this for you, but you and God. And mm. so she told me to just go to my Bible and start reading it. And, um, and I did that. And as I began to read it, one of the things that I came across was Hebrews 4.12, that the word of God is living and active and sharper Mm. than a double-edged sword, penetrating the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, which really what that saying, Chelsea, is it's not this old book written for a long time ago, but it's relevant. And not only is it relevant, there's power in its pages because Mm. Jesus is the word. And so when I did that, I began to just pray for God to help me with the incredible fear, believing the lie. I was so Mm. fearful and I believe my life was just ruined forever. And as I began to open the word, what's so funny is God didn't immediately take away my fear, but he took me to John chapter five, the story, um, a lot of people call it the man on the mat or the healing at the pool. But Mm. in that story, Jesus was walking along at the pool of Bethesda, came up to a man that had been paralyzed for 32 years and Mm -hmm. said to him, do you want to get well? And the man was like, yes, I want to get well, but, and then he gave God, I gave Jesus all these excuses. Nobody comes to help me and Mm. I can't get off my mat by myself. And so I was like, wow. And Jesus just looked at him, didn't address any of those things and said, get up Mm. off your mat. Just get up off your mat and walk. I read that. I was with a pastor at the time. I had gone to see the pastor of my church. He was a new pastor for only a few weeks at the church. But he's the one that opened me to that. He's the one that had me read it out loud. And then he looked me in the eye and he said, do you want to get well? 
And I said, yes, that's why I'm here. And he said, I don't think you do. He said, I think you've oh. become so comfortable on mm-hmm. your mat. Everyone feels sorry for you because of what happened to you. And then he said these words. He said, if you don't get up off your mat, you will never know the abundant life God has promised. And it was the most powerful moment Mm -hmm. where I realized the word of God is living Mm -hmm. and active. Because first of all, it was living because it really spoke into my heart. But then I felt something inside of me. And he made me promise in that moment to take one step off my mat. So that's what I'm saying. Reading it for yourself allows the living and active word to jump into your heart. I like Priscilla Shire, the way she says it's like a yellow highlighter goes over words. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like God speaking to me. Yes. So that's why it's so important, not just to read it, but to read it prayerfully and seek your healing, seek truth from lies in that. I like that you point out that story because I think one of the reasons why I am so glad that I was under the teaching, like in Bible study, when I first learned how to read my Bible, one of my mentors like walked me through that. I remember thinking, I'm so glad all of these stories are in here. Like get up off the mat. Like God has shown me so many times that I have to make that step of obedience. If I want the healing that I'm asking for, if I want to see not healing, um, but to make steps forward so that I can see what he has for me. I can't stay stuck in the yeah. hard places. So I know I shared a story with you about um, at a previous Bible study of mine when we were talking about the armor of God and spiritual warfare and all of that. And these women did know God's word, but they I don't think they really understood how to use it to stand firm. And mm-hmm. what you even say, like, you know, people think, oh, you have to pray a particular way. So... Can you explain how to stand firm, um, whether it's standing up on your feet or standing firm on your knees to get through hard and painful, questionable times? Um, like, is there a favorite part of the armor that you pray? I know for me, Ephesians 6.16 has just been like, it's a blanket for me, you know, mm-hmm. that the shield of faith will extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one. Like yeah. I, I cover myself in that every day, even if I don't remember all the other pieces, that is the one where I, it's mm-hmm. like a blanket around me. So do you have an example of being able to stand firm and how people can start praying in that way? Yes. And what I want to um, say in the beginning, it was 11 years mm-hmm. and I was living in this prison of fear. And I was saying, God, please take away my fear. Please take away my fear. And I didn't feel like anything was happening. Even though I was moving in other areas, I was learning how to forgive the man who attacked me. Even I learned, you know, we can't talk about forgiveness today, but um, so I learned other things, but I still lived in this prison of fear. And when we moved here to Charlotte, it it sort of escalated because I had no friends. Nobody knew what happened to me. My husband traveled. So here I am still, but I joined a Bible study, my very first real Bible study where I learned, and these women that were older than I was taught me how to pray God's word, Mm -hmm. literally personalize it and pray it. And so over time, over the couple years of that study, I really began to pray it. So I prayed, I went and looked at verses on fear Mm -hmm. and I prayed, I learned how to pray. I'm just going to give you an example, just so you can see what I'm saying. What does it mean to pray fear? But let's say the verse is, um, 
Um, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you. Then you would say, Father, you can either say, thank you, Lord, that I need not fear because you are this. You know what I'm saying? You Mm -hmm. can pray it back to him or you can personalize and say, I will not fear for you are. And you claim those things. That's good. I prayed those words. I memorized them. I posted them around my house. But one night after a long time of doing this, that's what I'm saying. It's not overnight yes. most of the time. Yes. And I'm laying in my bed. And all the time when I was, I was by myself, put my kids to bed. I called my friend Meg like I did. I call a friend every time I was supposed to stay alone. And I said, please pray for me. I'm staying by myself. And she said, Bill and I will pray when, when I hang up. That's all she mm-hmm. said. So I say my prayers. I always leave the TV on and leave the light on. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like I felt the Holy Spirit saying, turn off the TV, turn off the TV. And I was oh. like, no, but I'll turn it down. I just got chills. I, I had to go and I had to literally get out of my bed, turn the TV down. So then I got back in bed and I, um, it was like, turn it off. So I did. Mm. And I expected to be terrified. And in that moment, instead of feeling fear, it was as if this overwhelming peace mm. fell on me and I saw a wall of angels around my house, a literal vision oh. of this wall of angels. And so right away before I called Monty, I literally got out on my knees next to my bed, thanked God, called my friend Meg, told her my story and it was so quiet. And I said, thank you, thank you for praying. I prayed this for years. And she said, Wendy, when we hung up, Bill prayed for a wall of angels to be around your house. Oh my goodness. And it was the most powerful moment because I think God gave me that vision and gave him that prayer so that I would have a testimony that said it wasn't the passage of time. It wasn't a coincidence. Mm. It was the spirit of God through the praying of his living and active word that literally broke the fear that was holding me captive. And I, that's what I want people to know is Mm. Just keep believing and praying God's word because he says in Isaiah 55, 11, when it goes out, oh, when yes. my word goes out in prayer or in speaking, it will not return void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purposes for which I sent it. Mm. And yes, these words are Old Testament words, but God is the same yesterday, yes. today, and tomorrow. And when they're not specific to a moment in time in the Old Testament, we can quite often follow them through as promises because we have been grafted in, mm-hmm. which, you know, we're, we're part of the promises given to Abraham. So that's, I know I took a long time to tell oh. it, but it's such a powerful story about praying God's word. That's where the power comes. You don't have to pray a specific way. You just mm-hmm. pray the word. That's where the power is in prayer. That is such an incredible story. I, if we weren't recording, I'd probably be bawling my eyes out to that story because that is just. Usually, I cry a lot. Too, that is just um, a really, like you said, what a testimony, and just that is so incredible. Um, we know that you know the enemy can't create, but he can twist and he manipulates and perverts things. Is there? Is there a way that you feel like the enemy attacks you the same way, kind of over and over again? And how can someone begin to identify when he's attacking them instead of, you know, chalking it up to a bad day, you know, bad luck and so on and so forth? Because I know for me, I have now just seen the repetitiveness over and over again. So I can see like, okay, I know he's trying to trip me up. But is there a specific way that you can kind of sense when that's happening with you? And then how can someone else identify that? 
I can, and that's because you you all you have one battle and you mm-hmm. overcome it, right? Well, then a few years ago, I had a lot of hard things happen in my life at once, and I started to struggle with severe anxiety, mm. like where I didn't want to leave my house, kind of thing. And um, they were really hard things. And here's the thing: what I came to notice is that Satan knows our weaknesses, mm-hmm. and so he knows exactly where to. Um, it says in scripture, he prowls around like a roaring yes. lion and we don't have time today, but if you go to Job chapter one and just read the story of how God's up in heaven and Satan comes to him and talks, you know, he's up there with his angels having a meeting, a cabinet meeting up there and mm. Satan comes up there. He was allowed up there and he said, you know, basically God gave him permission mm-hmm. to go after Job. And that's so hard to understand. Yes. Um, but he put boundaries and limits around it because Satan is limited. So, so he's watching, he's prowling around to see what our weaknesses are and the things that are important to us. And he will sometimes go hard after those. But if we can pay attention to when the fear comes, when the anxiety comes, be very sensitive and immediately begin to speak the truth into all those mm-hmm. occasions. But it's, it, we're called to be alert. And so we have to be alert. So the more you and I pay attention to those things, the anxiety, unforgiveness, even this morning you were talking about having grace when you, with our husbands, you know, it's like when we know that that's a weak place, Mm. if we just always are sensitive and humble about it, we will eventually overcome it, Mm -hmm. but it's hard work and it's discipline Mm. and it sometimes requires humility. But the only way we're going to defeat him is to be alert and not to pout about it, not to get mad about it and not to, not to be mad at ourselves when we don't overcome it right mm-hmm. away. But if we remember we're overcomers, if we remember we're more than conquerors, if we remember we have the armor of God, the mind of Christ mm-hmm. and all these other truths, we will eventually, I, I there's so many stories I could tell you, but mm-hmm. we will. And my anxiety is, it's been, um, about two years now and now it's almost not there, but when I feel it come in certain mm-hmm. places, I immediately speak truth over it and I basically ride that wave, but it's such a, it's not a big giant wave anymore and I'm not trying to fight it. I just say, okay, it's coming, Lord, you're with me, Satan, Mm. Isaiah 26, three, that's the verse I would always, I'll always just say over and over in my brain or if I'm not with people. So that's one, that's really the biggest way to me is be alert and have scriptures ready to pray to God by his name that, that he's the Prince of Peace. Jesus, mm-hmm. Prince of Peace, when you want peace, pray for that. When somebody's hurt you, um, there, there's just there's just so many names of God that are in the Bible, too, that praying to the name Jehovah Rapha when we need healing, mm-hmm. that we, fo- we can really trust the character of God, that he is God, our healer. That helps, too. So that kind of leads me right into the next thing. Um, one of, like I said earlier, one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 6, 16, but also John 10, 28, you know, that... I will give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one shall snatch um, them mm-hmm. out of my hand. What are truths of God that you find yourself going to and that you point people to when they feel like they're going through seasons of spiritual warfare? Um, gosh, I feel bad because I probably shared so many of them. Already. That's okay. People will keep taking notes. <laughs> the Psalm 41 through three is mm-hmm. What the probably the one I stand on, I call it one of my greatest life verses because it, it's the psalm that says, you know, 
basically it talks about us being in a slimy pit. I, yes. I felt like with my after I was attacked, I was in this pit, and that I cried out to God, and it says that you know He reached out to me, and He set my feet on a rock which mm. is the word of God. And he gave me this firm place to stand because he is the rock. God is our rock. Um, and he put a hymn of praise in my mouth, meaning the word of God then began to get inside of me. I began to share it and speak it and um, pray it. And then it said, many will see and fear and trust in the Lord. Mm. And it's funny for a long time, I didn't understand the last part of that verse. And, and what's so powerful, Chelsea, is I realized that that horrible day in June, mm. when that happened, God took that day and literally made the ugliest day in my life to be a beautiful backdrop to a ministry. Mm. I now have to teach Bible study and write Bible study and work with Proverbs 31 and do things like this with you. This is my heart and my passion. I don't mm -hmm. even go speak anymore. Because I love like sitting with you one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. I know they can't see us, but we see each yes. other. And I feel like in seeing you, I see all the people that mm -hmm. are following you. And I've been praying for all of you. I want you to know ever since she asked me to do this. And I believe that you, some of you listening, are going to have the most amazing breakthrough because mm -hmm. of the truths you're learning today. Mm -hmm. Not from she and not from what she and I are our words, but God's word going mm -hmm. out. And so I think that that promise that when he lifts us out he, and lets us walk through these things, it's for us to mold and shape us, of course. But it's more that I think it's First Corinthians 1 that says that we walk through these things. So the God of comfort, mm. that, I can't remember, it's First Corinthians 1 or Second Corinthians 1. But so the God of comfort comforts us so that we can go and comfort others with the comfort we've received. Mm. We all walk through these same things, whether our husband leaves us, a child is rebellious, we lose a child. My One of the hardest times was my friend has a firefighter son, and at, at age 20, he died in fighting a fire, mm. and it was horrible. I couldn't, walking alongside her was one of the hardest things in my life, but now she's out there helping other firefighters families and mm. other first responders who lose children. So she gave her story to God and mm. she trusted him. And so if we do that, then it gives such purpose to our pain. Mm. That's so good. And it doesn't happen right away. Her no. grief was horrid. We had the hardest times, the cryingest times, laying in bed together. Cry she's, you know, so I'm not minimizing mm -mm. any of it. That's how I lived for years with my fear. That's why I think it's so important to sit in the hard places, but don't oh, sit yes. alone and don't sit with resentment against God. Open up your heart to him. Open up his word. Because if you if you just sit with God and yell and be angry all the time, I'm holding this Bible here. I wish we could, we I can show it to you, but we've had it recovered. Mm -hmm. But this Bible was given to me by my grandmother when that happened to me. And my family got it recovered just a few months ago for my birthday. But this this is the Bible that carried me through. Mm. And there's, it's, you can see it like the wrinkly spots where I just yes. cried. So please know that we're not lightening the bird, like the pain. Mm -mm. It's hard, but God will not leave you or mm -mm. forsake you. Roman, mm -mm. It, that read that Romans chapter eight, just read mm -mm. it. It's so many prophecies about God that he more than conquers that nothing will separate us from the love mm. of God, not death or life or angels or demons or height or depth. Mm. That's a marriage. And what it's saying is no matter what he's saying, not just these things, but no matter what it is, 
will never, ever be separated. He'll always be with us. Wendy, I just love you. I'm like, yes, girl. And I love the way you just claim the word and just say it. Something too, I feel like I've learned from Pastor Jim, who I'd spoken about, is that it's one thing to say the word of God, but it's a whole other thing to actually believe what you're saying, like believing in the word of God and the power that it has. So this is one of my favorite questions to ask on all of my interviews is... The Living With Less podcast was, you know, birthed from John 3.30 that, you know, he must increase and we must decrease. And the episodes are about living with less of the things, getting in the way of who Christ is calling us to be. If someone asked you what they needed to begin living with less of in regards to this, what would you tell them and why? Um, Get your eyes off yourself Mm -hmm. because you see, it just sucks the life out of you when you do that. Um, It's, it's. There's just something about whether, whether you put your, invest yourself in other people, you invest yourself in growing something inside of you for the Lord. I just think the more we, um, the more we, I just grew up with a really hard childhood. And so I let myself that, let that be an excuse for a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I would say I lived a lot of my young adult life just feeling like poor me and gosh when I just the Lord sort of came into my life and the word came into my life it just turned my life around Mm -hmm. because I just was look I learned I just lived in a house where everything sad and hard not all the time but a lot of times it was just hard and so keep your keep your eyes focused on God and on other people learning to love and help other people it will really help this healing process Mm -hmm. of healing hurts especially from the past, because I think that's where this comes from a yes, lot of times, is yes. the past, things that have happened to us, that some things we can't help, you know? Exactly, the things that... And some things we can't, mm-hmm. some mistakes we've made. <laughs> so I want to wrap up with one fun question. I know by the time this airs, we will be out of football season, but I love following you and seeing your stuff in the fall about football. <laughs> I know you are a huge college football girl. So who yes. is your team? How do you root for them? Do you like tailgate and go to the stands and yeah. around all the people? Or are you like comfort of your home with a bowl of chili hanging out by a fire? <laughs> well, I went to Baylor. My husband played football for Baylor for a couple of years. So we're big Baylor fans. And then my daughter went to Georgia. So, but now we're in, we used to go to the games when we lived in Texas, even after we graduated. So fun. Now we're, now we're in Charlotte and four hours from Atlanta. And when she was in Athens, she went to Georgia. That's in Athens. So then we would go down to the, we became huge Bulldog fans, <laughs> which is very exciting because yes. they're ranked four right now. Yes. And Baylor's undefeated, 9-0. and Thank you very much. So um, so it's been, this has been a really fun football season for us. But yes, like tomorrow morning, I watch game day from 9 to 12. And, you know, I might do stuff while I'm watching it, but it's on the TV for three hours. And then we watch football all day, Saturday and Saturday night. So I'm going to, I mourn. Melissa Taylor and I are really good friends and we both love college football. She's with Power 31, our yes. online Bible studies. If you've never done one, we'd love to have you join us. But um, we love it. And we're texting each other all throughout Saturday. It's fun. I love college. I mourn when it's over. It is. And then my son plays bas- college basketball now. So, and he's at, at Division One. Um School, so we have so much fun. We love basketball season too, but that's football, so fun. You guys are a sport family. 
Sports yeah, are fun. and it's fun for my husband to have a wife who actually enjoys watching. It, oh, so. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that is. I know. I've told my husband. I'm like, um, well, yeah, when- see, I don't like pro, so I don't even watch any <laughs> Right? Yes. Yeah. So. This was so fun having you on. I am just, I was so blessed by our conversation. I know that this conversation is going to bless so many. And you can follow Wendy on Instagram. She's most active there. And I will have her Instagram handle um, in the show notes. Everything we talked about will be in the show notes. And then also on her website, wendyblight.com, are, you said there are Bible studies on there, right? It'll be under Bible studies up at the top. You know, it's got, and there's a lot of prayers on there. They're under freebies. You can print out all, there's probably like 10 or 12 prayers I've written that are on there that you can print out. Oh, awesome. Okay. So you can get all kinds of resources on her website. And then like she said, so she does the online Bible study stuff for Proverbs 31. I'm sure they would love to have people join in and do that. I know I've loved that. I'm a first five girl. I do all the first five app stuff. Yeah, so I love that. Love first five too. Um, it's so good. So Wendy, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your wisdom and your heart for the Lord. I just know it's going to bless so many people. Oh, thanks Chelsea. I appreciate it. And praying for all of you as we pray for you before we went on and I will pray as this ends. I will, mm-hmm. when we hang up. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in and I will talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can find everything we talked about at chelseadematis.com. If you have any questions, please reach out over social media. I'd love to chat. If you enjoyed today's episode and are loving the podcast, I would be so honored if you left a review on iTunes or shared on social media. Your kind words and encouragement mean the world to me. And I pray to continue showing you God's grace over my life as you all journey this out with me. Wherever you find yourself listening today, know that you were fully loved and fully known by God.